the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message is, Money Can Deceive You, or to use another uh, way of putting it, Things Are Not Always What They Seem. The issue of money has been a prominent part of the Christian church since its inception. Jesus spoke a great deal about it himself. Consider these statistics. 16 of 38 parables were concerned with money or possessions. One of 10 verses in the four gospels deal directly with money. The Bible has 500 verses on prayer less than 500 verses on faith, but more than 2,000 verses on money and possessions. Why all this talk about money and possessions? Because Jesus understood so well the tremendous influence of this issue in our lives. Social research supports the biblical emphasis on the issue of money. George Barna, the Christian researcher, found that 50% of Christians consider money to be the primary indicator of success. 19% of Christians believe you can tell how successful a person is by examining what they own. Most Americans, at um, some point in their lives, dream of being millionaires. And this is why the lottery is so popular and is making so much money because there's so many people who want to be millionaires. Now, how would you like to be a millionaire? Now, if we look at the lifestyle of the wealthy, the beautiful mansions, big limousines, driven by uniformed chauffeurs, always people who seem always to be happy and without problems. But the Epistle of James doesn't see it that way at all. The essential message of James on the subject of riches and poverty is that material wealth is not all that it appears to be, and that if we are not careful, the wrong attitude towards material possessions can get us into a pile of trouble. The major topic of discussion in the first eight verses of chapter one of 
the book of, um, of James centers around trials and temptations. At first glance, the subject of wealth and poverty does, just doesn't seem to be closely related to trials and temptations. But a closer look shows that they are related to the main thrust of the discussion. For both wealth and poverty carry with them their own trials and temptations. The trials of poverty are quite evident. The poverty-stricken individual has many needs that cannot be, cannot be met very easily. He or she is apt to be envious of those who have more of this world's goods than he or she does. The possession of wealth and, the, on, the, and uh, on the other hand, tends to give one a false sense of security. This causes the individual to place his trust in the things which he or she possesses. Both wealth and poverty can be hindrances to spiritual development. Both the person with money and the person without need divine wisdom to understand their respective position before God. In James chapter 1, 9 through, through 11, James presents us with a perspective on poverty and wealth that is totally different from that which our society holds. First, he speaks of the glory of humble circumstances. The glory of humble circumstances. In James chapter 1 and verse 9 in the New International Version, we read, the brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. And then the same verse in the New Living Translation reads, Christians who are poor should be glad, for God has honored them. The standard view during James's day was that spiritual standing was indicated by material standing. The poor were ignored or punished by God and deserved no special courtesy. However, the wealthy were blessed by God and should be shown favor. And so the wealthy were viewed as spiritually blessed and worthy of special treatment, while the poor were considered spiritually poor and treated poorly. James, however, saw things differently. Salvation calls for a radically different view of people. There's no disgrace in poverty. It is no reflection on a person's selfhood or ability that he or she is poor. And most of the people in the world today are poor. In spite of appearances, the poor, that is the person without much of this world's goods, is of much value to God. And so James says, the brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. The problem with most of us is that we don't think half enough of ourselves as we should. We forget 
all too often the word of Jesus, the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 12 and verse 15. Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. You see, we forget sometimes that we are God's children. We forget that we are the expression of eternal thoughtfulness and eternal providence. We forget that we share the very nature of God and that we are destined for heaven and are going to reign with Christ forever and ever. We forget that the life we are living now is only the first stage, the disciplinary stage in a career that is to pass from glory unto glory. And so James says, Christians who are poor should be glad for God has honored them. And the NIV says the brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. So what we are in Christ is of infinitely more importance than what we have or what we own. What we have or do not have may restrict our plans, limit our pleasures, and make many things impossible which we desire. What we have or do not have may even shorten our days or make them a heavy burden. But what we are will determine the life which is to come. As Christians, we are not living we are living not only for time, but also for eternity. Remember that you are a child of the Most High God, the one who created the heavens and the earth. Remember that you don't have to be ashamed of what you have or don't have, because God has promised you to take care of his children. You may not have much of this world's goods, but James says, you ought to take pride in your high position. First Peter chapter, chapter 1 and verse uh, 4 says, For God has reserved a priceless inheritance for his children. It is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. The poor person is not kept from the treasures of heaven by his or her poverty. And the rich person cannot gain the treasures of heaven by his or her wealth. Christians are already rich in Christ. Our priceless inheritance is being kept in heaven for us. To the person who does not know Jesus Christ as his personal Savior and Lord, all James is saying seems to sound like sheer idealism, highfalutin nonsense. To unbelievers, those who, do not, um, who have not yet accepted Christ, the Bible does not make sense, especially when they can't understand its strange language. Look at the paradox of, of James' statement. The brother in humble circumstances, ought to take pride in his high position. But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position. 
is the Bible con- contains other paradoxes or seeming contradictions equally as strange as the natural, uh, as strange to the natural or unbelieving mind. For example, we find in the Bible uh, that it speaks of deceivers and, and yet and yet true, unknown and yet known, dying and behold we live, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing all things. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. In other words, Things are not always what they seem, or reality is more than it appears to be. Divine truths have to be grasped by faith. What you see is not what you get, for we live by faith and not by sight. There is more to our lives as Christians than we can really see. Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 where it says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Circumstances may seem to be against you right now, but don't be discouraged, for God is the master of circumstances. Rejoice in in the high position to which the grace of God has brought you. Our slave for parents recognize the truth of the scriptures better than some of us who are supposedly free. They sang about the exaltation which God promises the poor and suffering of this world. And so they sang, I'm going to sit down at the welcome table. I'm going to feast on milk and honey. I'm going to sing and never get tired some of these days. Hallelujah. They believe as wealth can never be calculated in dollars. We are rich in peace, rich in righteousness, rich in hope, and neither adversity nor ill health can take such wealth away from us who believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. So James speaks of the glory of humble circumstances, and then secondly, he speaks of the glory for the rich. In James um, 1, 10 and 11, we read, But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position, because he will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. You see, James has presented to us a radically different view of possessions and wealth. Possessions and their possessors, James says, pass away. He uses the example of wildflowers which appear for a time and then they are scorched by the sun and die. So it is with possessions and their possessors. They are here for a short time, and then they're gone. The point is that we cannot place eternal significance on that which is temporal. In Job chapter 14, 
and verse 2 we read, How frail is humanity, how short is life, and how full of trouble. Like a flower, we blossom for a moment and then wither. Like the shadow of a passing cloud, we quickly disappear. See, all of us need this kind of reminder from time to time. It's very easy to forget what's most important in life. Material things have a way of whispering sweet promises in our ears which it cannot fulfill. The writer of Ecclesiastes told the truth when he said in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 15, Naked a man comes from his mother's womb, and as he comes, so he departs. He takes nothing from his labor that he can carry in his hand. See, all of us will die one of these days. A hundred percent of us, not just a percent, but a hundred percent of us will die one of these days. And our possessions, be they many or few, will be gone. We cannot depend on that which we cannot take beyond the grave. But um, people still try. In fact, I read about um, a wealthy man who specified in his will that $100,000 of his money should be put in the casket with him when he died. Well, his brother was the executor of the will, and a month after the funeral, the lawyer asked the brother if the terms of the will had been followed. Yes, he said. It was tough, but I did it. Then the lawyer asked, what denomination of bills did you use? Well, replied the brother, the bills turned out to be too bulky, so I wrote, wrote out a personal check and put it in my brother's casket. <laughs> so there is coming a day when all of our accumulated wealth, the stuff that we spend so much of our time trying to, trying to get, all this stuff is going to be just as good as that check that was placed in the casket. When the portals of this fragile flower called life have wilted and died, our possessions are going to be of no value to us. We cannot trust material things because they come but they go. In fact, one, one man got very upset with his pastor for, for talking about God's ownership of all things and the transitory nature of our possessions. And so the man invited the preacher to his lavish estate. He, he walked with him through the gardens and the woods of this elaborate um, uh, estate. And when the tour was over, he said, Now, are you going to tell me that all of this land does not belong to me? And the pastor smiled and said, Ask me that same question a hundred years from now. <laughs> Beloved, a hundred years from now, perhaps fifty years from now, even ten years from now, our possessions are going to mean nothing at all to us. We will be gone. They don't last. We cannot trust in them for our security. 
We must trust in Jesus Christ alone. The world views true treasure in terms of bank accounts and houses and stocks and cars and boats and businesses. But in the, in the world's eyes, the accumulation of these treasures is significant. The importance of people is measured by how much of this treasure they own or control. The desire to gain possessions and the accompanying sense of control and prestige they, they give led to the near ruin of our financial institutions, the crash of the housing market and the burning madoffs of this uh, scams of this world. It's material possessions have a way of possessing us. You don't have to be a millionaire to be materialistic. It is not money, but the love of money that the Bible says is the root of all evil. A poor person can be ruled by things as surely as the millionaire or the billionaire. To the have-nots, who are always jealous of those who have, James says there is nothing to be envious about, for wealth is illusory and transitory. When death comes, the rich man will be just like the poor man. Both must leave everything behind when that last hour strikes. Riches may be useful in this life, and surely it is, it is useful to have, to have money and to have things. But death will sever us from our possessions forever. And so Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, 19 and 20, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Pity, not envy is the realistic attitude that we should have toward the affluent who do not know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who do not know the goodness of God uh, in their lives. You see, in the divine economy, the poor will go up and the rich will go down. It is not what you have that God looks at, but who you are. James reminds us that things are not always what they seem. Dear friend, do not let the spell of temporary possessions keep you from everlasting life. Do not try to fill the emptiness of, of your life with things that will only fade and pass away. Jesus Christ is the only one who can satisfy the longing of our soul. He alone can give us eternal treasure. Christian brothers and sisters, do not allow your possessions to possess you. Do not miss out on the blessings of family and friends and fellowship with God and ministry in the church serving others because you are consumed with material things. And I see so many people who are not able even to give God two hours once a week out of the 168 hours because they are so busy trying to make more and more money, trying to um, get more of this world's goods. 
which, you, which we cannot keep. In a little while, we'll have to say goodbye to them. But we need to view our position, our possessions through the eyes of Jesus Christ. Someone has said that the man who has no money is poor. The man who has only money is poorer still. Don't let the worldly illusion of material success lead you down the path to an empty life and an eternity without Jesus Christ. All too often, what the world offers fades with time, but not so with what Jesus Christ offers. In Christ, Christians have a righteousness that can never be tarnished. Christians have a peace that can never be troubled, a foundation that can never be moved, a freedom that can never be bound, a promise that can never be broken, a confidence that can never be shaken, a wealth that can never be stolen, a resource that can never be depleted, and a future that can never be regretted. The world may offer possessions, luxury, and wealth, but only Christ can offer unsearchable, unlimited, and unfailing riches that originate in heaven and have eternal value. The world may offer position, power, and prestige, but only Christ can offer absolute contentment that brings personal fulfillment, satisfaction, and peace of mind. The world may offer adventure, possibilities, and ideals, but only Christ can offer reality. For all the world has to offer will one day pass away, but what Christ has to offer will last forever and forever. All the benefits and blessings that Christians have available to them through Jesus Christ are beyond uh, calculation. We are, if we are Christians, we are saved through God's grace. We are forgiven through God's mercy. We are redeemed through Christ's blood. We are accepted through Christ's sacrifice, justified through Christ's atonement, comforted through Christ's presence, strengthened through Christ's power, encouraged through Christ's promises, and sustained through Christ's touch. And as one hymn writer says, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www. Dot pbcboston.org and tune in every Saturday morning at 10:30 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.